The Jets' offensive line was a mess in 2023. They got to fix it this offseason, but there are no easy answers. We'll break it all down today. It's Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, January 25th, 2024, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out, helps other Jets fans find the podcast. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use code all lower case locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Today we're focusing on the offensive line. It was one of the biggest problems for the New York Jets in 2023. It's going to be one of their top priorities heading into the offseason. What are the issues facing the Jets? What can they do about them? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be easier said than done fixing this offensive line for the New York Jets. I know there are some people out there saying, oh, you just sign a couple of guys and draft, you know, draft some help and we'll be great in 2024. Well, certainly you hope that happens, and it certainly is possible that happens. But to anybody saying that, I would ask, what do you think the Jets have been trying to do the last four or five years? You could make a case that no team has put more resources into trying to build its offensive line than the New York Jets. You know, Give Joe Douglas credit because he, at least unlike his predecessor, understands the importance of investing in the offensive line. Douglas's predecessor, Mike McCagnan, you know, barely ever threw important resources to build his line. He, in his five years as GM, used one day two pick on his offensive line. They were constantly trying to, you know, put it together with duct tape. He thought that he could just bring in replacement level players and make it work. It did not work that way. Joe Douglas at least uses premium resources. He understands you have to use some of your top, uh, your top assets to build a line. Probably he just hasn't been very good at it. He's not made many good decisions. It's not all Douglas's fault. There have been some bad luck bad luck uh, situations along the way. There have been some things that have been unforeseeable, but I think you get to this point in the GM's tenure and the offensive lines in this state, you can't blame it all on luck. He's made a lot of really bad decisions. And this makes it challenging because, you know, fixing an offensive line is easier said than done. Again, there I've seen some folks in the media say all they have to do is just sign a couple of guys and draft somebody. Well, the rest of the NFL is also trying to fix their offensive lines too. That happens every offseason. Not everybody's able to do it. And I think one of the biggest challenges right now with the New York Jets is if you look at the current players under contract for next year, there's nobody you can look at and say with 100% certainty that guy's going to be good. Now, there are some guys I'm optimistic about. I'm optimistic about Joe Tipman. I think in a difficult situation, he acquitted himself fairly well. You know, I thought he played pretty well at right guard. I think at center, it was more up and down, but I think more good than bad, especially when you put into context. On one side of him, he had Lakin Tomlinson at left guard, who wasn't very good. On the other side, it was pretty much a revolving door with a lot of practice squad level players at right guard. I think he did okay, but I mean, around half of his games, he did allow more than one pressure. And at the center position, that's not really a spot where you typically see a lot of pressures come from. If you give up, you're giving up two in a game, you probably didn't do that great of a job in pass protection. Typically four pass rushers versus five offensive linemen. So four of the pass rushers are engaged. 
w- one guy is kind of giving like help to somebody on a double team. And typically the double teamer is the center because he's the guy snapping the ball. So he's not really somebody you give primary uh, responsibility to. So, you know, Tittman had a few uh, shaky games. You know, when Tittman was good, he was pretty good. But when he was bad, he was a little shaky. I'm optimistic about him. If you're asking me today, do I think he's going to be a good starter? The answer is yes. But that's different from saying, you know, he's 100% a lock. A year ago, I would have told you Sauce Gardner was 100% a lock to be a great corner in 2023. I would have told you Garrett Wilson's a 100% lock to be a great receiver in 2023. Tittman, I'd say it's over 50%. He's not a 100% lock, though. You also have Elijah Vera Tucker, who, again, I'm probably more optimistic than a lot of people about Elijah Vera Tucker, because if you look at the types of injuries he suffered, they tend to be freak occurrences. And for a player of his age at his position, pretty high rate of recovery. And it's not the type of thing like Becton, you know, Becton suffers knee injuries, which could be a lingering thing. I don't think for Vera Tucker, this is going to be a lingering thing. Uh, you know, it's one thing for Aaron Rodgers to come back at 40 from that injury, but Vera Tucker, the same injury. Uh, in his you know 20s, I, I feel like he's got a better shot than people give him credit for. Now, that said, again, not a 100% lock, because this is a guy who, whether or not their freak injuries are likely to recur, you do have to say, this guy has not been on the field a whole lot the last couple of years. And those are the two guys you feel best about. I mean, Lincoln Tomlinson, I'm guessing he'll be back. I don't know that he should be back. The Jets could save around $10 million in cap space, but I, I don't know that it's reasonable to expect him to play particularly well. And after that, you know, they essentially need to figure out two tackles. And one thing that, like, there are a couple of decisions the Jets need to make with the two young guys who, at least on paper, seem promising. Because both of these guys do have some position flexibility. Vera Tucker started last season at right guard, and he's played ta- he played tackle last year. That's where he finished. He also moved from guard to tackle in 2022. And the Tipman replaced Vera Tucker at right guard when AVT kicked out to tackle. And then he moved to center, which is his natural position after Connor McGovern got injured. So Jets need to decide, is AVT a guard or is he a tackle? Jets need to decide, is Tipman a guard or is he a tackle? And there are no easy answers to either of these. Now, my guess is that the Jets will view AVT's natural position as guard and Tipman's natural position as center. Robert Sala has indicated that they want to leave AVT in one position because they feel like, and whether this is true or not, I could not tell you, but they feel like part of the reason he's getting injured is that they're constantly moving him around and changing his techniques, and maybe that's throwing something off. Um, I couldn't tell you whether or not that's true, but coming back from an Achilles injury, the fact that he already believed his natural position was guard, they did not move him to tackle until they absolutely had to the last two years. To me, that suggests that AVT probably likely to play the guard position for the Jets next season. Now, the one thing thing that could throw a wrench into that is it's easier to find guards than it is tackles. So the Jets need to sign somebody in free agency. It's probably going to be easier to find a decent guard and kick AVT to tackle than it would be to uh, keep AVT at guard and find a tackle. We'll get into that in a little bit. That could be the one thing that throws a wrench into it. As far as Tipman goes, my guess is the Jets want him to play center. I think there's a case, though, to move him to guard. And first of all, I thought Tipman was probably better at guard than he was center. Second is I, I wonder a little bit whether guard might be more valuable than center in today's NFL. You know, I just mentioned that the uh, that the Jets, you know, when I, when I went through the stats with Tipman, you know, he wasn't that great at center pass protecting. And part of the reason for that was, you know, he's giving up multiple pressures. Well, it seemed like he was a little bit better off 
when we talked when when he wasn't snapping the ball, you know, he, he could just he didn't have to react as quickly. He could just focus on blocking his guy. But beyond that, I do wonder like maybe guard is a little bit more valuable than center because center is more of a position working in tandem with, with the quarterback than it is a spot where you need a guy who's a big time blocker in today's NFL. You know, 20, 25 years ago when the Jets signed Kevin Mawai, the 3 4 defense was in vogue. And there was typically like a 300, 320 pound guy right across from the center. Now it's more about four man pass rushes. So the center is usually giving help on a given play. And Tipman, again, I felt like he was a little bit better anyway like when he didn't have to focus transitioning from center to getting to getting into his blocks so i think there are a couple of factors that might make tipman a little bit more valuable at guard now the one the other the the um, counter to that is tipman's very mobile but tipman's the type, type of center the rare center who might be able to you may be able to pull in the run game typically when a guy pulls it's a guard and from the interior when you can pull a center the jets always used to pull Mawai at the center position it opens up the playbook a lot because you can have center hit blocks that usually go to guards and tackles. It allows you, allows you to have your guards and tackles move to other guys. It just makes your run blocking more effective. Tipman pulling at center is different from Tipman pulling at guard. So that's an aspect you need to think over. I ultimately think the Jets will probably keep Tipman at the center position, though. But one of the things that could impact that is who's available at both tackle and center and even guard. As we continue on this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll go through some of the key players who could be available to the Jets in both free agency and the draft. Who should they be after? Are there any kind of under-the-radar names they should look at? I'll give you some thoughts on that continuing this Thursday edition of Lockdown Jets. Today's episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're running, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring it home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. A big shout out to you every day. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. You should also know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Today on Locked On Jets, we're focused on the offensive line. How are the Jets going to fix it? Well, they got to get better players in here. And better, better coaching would also be nice, but it sounds like Keith Carter is going to still be around. So we'll have to focus on the players. And as we've discussed on the show, if you're an everyday or you heard me talk about it earlier in the week, Jets cap situation, not great right now. They're going to have to clear out some cap space. And that's going to make it challenging when they try and bid against other teams for the top guys out there. You know, uh, we can talk all we want about the Jets being able to land key players for the Jets being able to just sign a guy. Well, they're going to be bidding against other teams for top talents. And it's going to be easier said than done landing these guys. Now, the names I've seen linked to the Jets right now are not names that excite me at this point. Now, there's one guy who has been one of the best tackles in the NFL since he entered the league oh, 12, 13 years ago, Tyron Smith with the Dallas Cowboys, 33 years old, guy who's consistently been one of the top tackles in the NFL. 
but of late has had trouble staying on the field. Now, with the caveats that he's not as old as Dwayne Brown, and he's been better than Dwayne Brown was in his prime, I sit there and I hear the Jets linked with uh, Tyron Smith, and I say, didn't we just go through this? Didn't we just learn that maybe it's not a great idea to bet on a tackle in his 30s who struggles to stay on the field? And the, and I think Tyron Smith would cost quite a bit of money. I mean, this is going to be a big dollar guy this offseason. Also, I, I don't think Dallas is going to let him go without a fight. So that's the big name. That's the flashy name. Or one of the two flashy names. The other is David Bakhtiari. There's all sorts of rumors that he's going to be out of Green Bay. And, of course, he has a great relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Now, if you had asked me a few years ago, would I want David Bakhtiari? That's what I meant. Oh, absolutely. If you'd asked me even a year ago, I might have, I probably would have said yes. I actually remember talking about on a show, perhaps if the Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari would call, would follow and solidify the left tackle position. But after a season Bakhtiari missed, adding it to a track record with a lack of durability, wrong side of you know aging, wrong side of 30, didn't we just go through this? Another big name, a uh, guy with the Patriots, Trent Brown, wrong side of 30, struggles to stay on the field. He's going to be expensive. I mean, these, this is like the exact same thing the Jets tried with Dwayne Brown last year. Now, of course, Dwayne Brown situation doesn't guarantee that it will fail the next time the Jets go with an injury-prone, third, expensive 30-year-old guy. But do you really want to take the chance? The guy, wrong side of 30, struggling to stay on the field? These are not good attributes. I think if the Jets are going to play at the tackle position in free agency, the guy they should look for is Michael Wenu, you know, a Browns teammate with the Patriots. Younger guy, mid-20s, solid player, and by all accounts, you know, indicated he wants to leave New England. Now, Bill Belichick leaving, Gerard Mayo coming in. I don't know how that will impact things, but it you know, it'd be one of those double whammy signings where not only do the, do the Jets improve their own team, but they take a guy away from the Patriots. And not only that, like did we not learn, not just with Dwayne Brown, did we not learn our lesson last year when the Jets loaded up with every old guy under the sun that we should be focusing on guys in their prime in free agency? Yeah, I'm not saying like they they should they should stay away from all old players, but last year they brought in so many guys in their 30s. It did not work out, and especially if we're talking about like a premium signing, a signing that can solidify the offensive line. Let's go with Michael Wenu. Let's go with a guy who's, again, in the mid-20s. And I'll give you another name, a guy who really intrigues me. And this, this guy's going to be tough to pry away from Miami, but it's, it would be another double whammy signing. Connor Williams, who had an excellent season. The Dolphins brought him in from Dallas, moved him from guard to tackle. Looks really solid at the center position. And if you got him, you could kick Timmon out to one guard spot. And suddenly, you know, if, you have, if your interior offensive line is Connor Williams at center, let's say Tipman at left guard, let's say... Uh, AVT at right guard. Suddenly your interior line looks pretty good. Suddenly you, you've got something to work with there. And let's say we sign Michael Wenu. Okay, now we're now we got an offensive line that, that's taking shape. Now we got an offensive line that can protect Aaron Rodgers. Now we got an, now we now we have the smartest quarterback in the NFL who will have time to throw, who will have time to dissect the defense, to toy with the defense. Now we're in business. And of course, a lot of focus is also on the NFL draft. If you saw ESPN's Mike Mel Kuyper Jr. released his first mock draft, and he had the Jets drafting a tackle, Olu Fashanu uh, out of Penn State. Uh, you know, Fashanu and Joe Alt are pretty much the top two guys at the position. Um, and part of like what how the Jets will approach the draft will deal with what they do in free agency. You know, they could play big at the wide receiver position in free agency. 
there are some big names out. We talked about some of the bigger guys not that long ago on the show. They could also just go all in on the offensive line and free agency and focus the receiver focus on the receiver position at the dra- in the draft. You know, the, a couple quality uh, candidates who could be available for the Jets with the tenth overall pick. But it's going to be easier said than done. Jets cap situation is not great, as I mentioned. You know, only less than five million dollars in cap space right now for the New York Jets. So they're really going to have to get creative if they want to land some of these top guys. But the guys to stay away from, I'll say it all off season long. Let's limit the number of 30-year-olds we bring in, especially for key roles. Now, I'm not saying sign none of them. You know, some there probably will be a 30-year-old or two who makes sense for this team. But older players get injured more frequently, and they also are more prone to decline. So let's bring in the guys who are in the entering their prime of the career or in their prime of in the prime of their careers. Let's rebuild the offensive line that way. Or draft somebody. You know, there are a couple of again quality prospects. All of these are gambles. Especially the you know in the first round pick, it's easy to say guys are going to be plug and play. Look at the last couple of years, the way rookies played at the tackle position. You know there aren't a lot of guys who are great. You know Tristan Wirfs was great year one, gets passed on him obviously for Becton. But Andrew Thomas, who the Giants drafted high in that draft in 2020, he had a rough first season, then bounced back and ended up becoming a really good tackle. So what you're seeing is the challenge the Jets face. It's doable, but it's tough. They have to navigate a, a tough cap situation. And they may need to get lucky with a guy or two in the draft. You know, even a first round pick's no lock. Even if he becomes a good player, is no lock to be a plug and play starter. You hope, just hope. You hope you hit on the right guy, and you hope maybe you get a little bit of luck there. Now, could the Jets bring back some of the guys they already have on this offensive line? I think the answer to that should be no. But as we continue on this Thursday edition of Lockdown Jets, we'll talk about some of the incumbents who may be coming back, who maybe could play a role. I don't know if any of these would be it would be well advised to depend on any of these guys, but we can talk about them again. That's ahead here on Thursday on Locked On Jets. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season has wrapped up, and unfortunately, for the 13th straight year, the Jets season wrapped up with the end of the NFL regular season. But there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets. Win or lose is Championship Sunday. What a shootout it could be in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs-Ravens for a trip to the Super Bowl in the AFC Championship game. You may want to get in on the action in FanDuel. They have all sorts of betting options for you. You can do live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays, and there's more. And there's also a pretty good NFC Championship game, or at least what should be a pretty good NFC Championship game between the Lions and the 49ers. My heart's with the Lions. I got to sympathize with the cursed fan bases. Lions can make their first Super Bowl in franchise history. So maybe that's the game that, that intrigues you, and maybe that's a game you feel strongly about. You might want to place your $5 bet there. Either way, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. Again, it's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Thursday. We're talking about the Jets offensive line. What can the Jets do to improve this unit in 2024? Well, part of improvement can be internal when we talk about the offensive line. Are there guys on the team in 2023 who can help this team moving forward up front? And I've talked about AVT and Joe Tippman. And after that, I think the answer gets a little dicey. I think of all the players on last year's roster who might be able to help this team, the most likely one was a day three pick, and that's Carter Warren. 
Warren was not supposed to be in the lineup this season. And you could tell most of the time he, he, was, he was out there, he was thr- thrust into a starting role, and he looked overmatched almost every game. But there were a couple of games where he looked decent. He had a pretty good game week 16 against Washington, and then I thought he looked okay week 18 against New England. Yeah, Washington had no edge rushers, so I don't really know how much you can buy into his performance in that one. But for a lot of players, the biggest improvement comes between year one and year two. And I'm not sure it's realistic to hope Carter Warren can become a starter for this team. Of course, the Jets would love it if it happened. But I think for any day three pick, that's never a fair expectation. The hope is maybe he can turn into a decent backup because the Jets certainly need depth up front. Every team needs depth on the offensive line. It's not easy to find. A lot of teams, including the Jets this year, did not even have good starters. So how do you, how can you ask a team to have good depth? Well, you got to hit on some lower round picks. You got to hit on some day three picks and hope they develop. I'll say this. Unlike Max Mitchell a year ago, Warren at least seems physically ready to play in the NFL. Mitchell, when you watch him, it was true as a rookie. It was even true this year. He just doesn't look physically like he's an NFL caliber player. I thought between year one and year two, Mitchell would like hit the weight room. And I don't know. I know he had a medical condition last year, so maybe that played into uh, his struggles preparing for the season. But I just look at Mitchell, and I just don't see a guy who can play in the NFL. Carter Warren at least has the physical capabilities. You know, he at least in theory has the frame you'd want to be an NFL tackle. And the Jets are going to struggle to find uh, quality depth players this offseason. Again, just building a quality starting offensive line is going to be an ordeal. So they'll need some they'll need some internal improvement from guys if they're going to be able to have quality backups. Warren's the guy I really have my eye on because Mitchell I don't really believe in. Billy Turner, who was a free agent signing, was awful. I mean, Billy Turner may have been the worst offensive lineman the Jets had this year, which was saying something. The next guy who kind of has my attention is Connor McGovern. And what the Jets do with him is going to be a little interesting because I can't imagine he's going to command much of a market this offseason. I mean, the market fell out for him last year when he was coming off a good season. This year, he was really shaky and played less than half the games and suffered a season-ending injury. He does have a good track record, though, and I think the question with Tittman, whether he plays guard or center, that could play into the McGovern move because if you're looking for a cheap way, which gives you, it still gives you a reasonable chance of having success, to address your interior line, McGovern might be your guy. Then you move Tipman to, to guard and you move, uh, you keep AVT at guard. You know, that's not a terrible interior offensive line. And that allows you to move on from Lake and Tomlinson and then save that $10 million and cut Tomlinson. Cause I don't think the Jets are going to get a lot from Tomlinson this year. He hasn't given you much the first two years. I, I still think the Jets will keep him. And there is something to be said for his durability, but, I think this guy, more and more you watch him, the more it feels like his success in San Francisco was a product playing next to a future Hall of Fame tackle in Trent Williams. I've not seen a lot that makes me feel like Lincoln Tomlinson is going to be part of the solution for the Jets going forward. My guess is that they'll keep him, they'll, they'll keep Tipman at center. I don't know that that's the right move for the team. I'm certainly not expecting very good things from uh, Lincoln Tomlinson, though. Dwayne Brown, I mean, if the Jets bring him back, we should like write angry letters to the Jets. Are just to like express our discontent with this because they never should have brought brought him back this year. He should not be back next year unless they think he's like great in that like tight end role with the jumbo packages where he's the sixth offensive lineman. I mean, maybe they maybe they think he did a good job there, but I think that experiment has come to an end mercifully. Never should have gotten to a second year. I think Dwayne Brown's gone, and I'm going to end with the maybe the most intriguing guy, which is Makai Becton. And I still think there are Becton believers out there. And look, who knows? I mean. Sometimes offensive linemen get off to a slow start in their careers and they pick it up along the way. My, my issue is just, I spent four years with Becton. 
I haven't really seen a lot that makes me believe that that's a likely outcome. Anything's possible. Maybe he finds the right coaching, but if it's, it's always felt like something's been off in this relationship. Um, it, ever since Robert Sala came, you know, there's been criticism of Becton. He had that bad training camp in 2021 where Carl Lawson was beating him every day. Becton's been critical of the Jets in turn. He did not like the way they handled his recovery from an injury in 2022. It just always felt like this was heading for the, the two sides parting ways. He was mad that they, you know, put George Fant in his place. And by the way, I don't, I still don't think you, you know, after 2021, Becton suffered that injury. And they moved him to right guard the next season. At least the plan was to move him to right guard because George Fant played well at left tackle in 2021. I feel like if you believe in a guy, you're not going to move him off left tackle to right tackle for George Fant. I mean, no disrespect meant to George Fant. George Fant was a great guest on this podcast, you know, a little over a year ago. But I don't think you you do that if you I, I don't I think that was as much about Becton as it was about George Fant. So it just feels like there's there's no good feelings between the two sides. But you know, even if there was. What has Becton shown us? He's missed two full seasons. He was really shaky this past year. I guess you could build an argument that, well, maybe he's still recovering from the knee injury and maybe a full year off, a full year out from the from his latest injury, he'll be better. But if you're going to blame the knee injury, I think it's just as likely that maybe he's just damaged. He's never going to be the player he was. And I'm not even sure it's really the knee. I think when the Jets drafted Becton, he was a bit of a project. You know, it, it, as the season went on, it went. It became more and more difficult to come up with a rationale for bringing Becton back in 2024. I can at least kind of understand it in the early part of the year. He, he was struggling. Then he had a stretch where maybe he stabilized things, but then things just completely fell apart. And you know, the worst game was that nightmare game against Cleveland with Miles Garrett. And you know, if it was only that, that would be one thing because everybody struggles against Miles Garrett. But you know, it just felt like this whole thing for Becton. It just hasn't worked out in New York. Maybe it'll work somewhere else. I don't think it will. I don't think Becton can be an answer at the at, at the right tackle position. I don't think that he can be a plan A. I'm not even sure he's a good plan B as a backup heading into the next season. But love to hear what you have to say. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast, first, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the show. Hope you have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week.